comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No Google, no Amazon.com, no email, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Welcome, everyone, to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 28. Tonight, it's the commentary track for Vatos. This is John. I have with me Brad, Jordan, and Russ. Good evening, fellas. What up? Evening. Brad, it's been a while, I think. Um, I know. I haven't been on the last few shows. I've been either out of town or, or um, working, you know, trying to make a living. But uh, I'm glad to be back. I missed you guys. We missed you, and we're gonna. We have a story that you'd uh, like to tell. I think about your out of town stuff. But first, I would like to introduce our special guest, blogger extraordinaire. You can find his stuff at hhwlod.com and whysoblue.com, and co-host of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. It's Aaron Newworth. What's up, Aaron? Hi. How are you doing? Very well. You did such a great job on the last commentary that we felt it necessary to have you back. And I'm welcome to the task. Yes. So, hey, by the way, guys, um, I listened to the last commentary episode while watching Tell It to the Frogs, and that was the first time I'd actually, you know, listened to a commentary by you guys without me participating, and it was kind of neat to watch that episode again and listening to a commentary like our listeners get to do. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, we get good feedback on the commentary, so that's very cool. And one thing I, I want to mention, I've probably mentioned it before, but uh, Zarban.com is a great commentary website. It's Zarban, the house of commentaries. And uh, he always posts all of our stuff, stuff up, and it's kind of like a collection of any podcast that does commentaries. He kind of collects them and puts them all on his site. So there's a really cool like alphabetical catalog of tons and tons of movies and, and television shows that you can search through and find numerous uh, commentaries for each one. So that's pretty cool. Russell, we have a sponsor and a story from Brad. You first. So our sponsor this week, as always, is Discount Comic Book Service. That's dcbservice.com. And right now, the July solicits are out. And some Walking Dead items to, to spotlight are... The Walking Dead Weekly, which is actually still going on, I was I was really surprised that this would continue on um, this far into the run. But we've got issues thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight, and thirty nine. So again, this is the basically a second printing or third printing, if you will, of the Walking Dead series that's coming out weekly to get folks caught up. Um, Walking Dead is one of those rare comics that started with a lower readership and has steadily increased its readership over time, which is. Uh, bucking the comic trend of readership that declines over time. So as people have um, have gotten the word out and get caught up with the trades, they, a lot of the folks have moved over to the monthlies. So again, 36 through 39, they're $1.79 each at DCB service. That's 40% off. And the current uh, Walking Dead monthly issue, uh, number 89, which is the most current uh, issue to ship, I believe in um, this will ship in September. Again, $1.79, 40% off. So that's some, some Walking Dead-related items at DCB Service, some, some non-Walking Dead uh, items that might pique your interest if you're a fan of movies and television and, and things like that. Uh, this month, IDW is, or I'm sorry, Dynamite is soliciting George R.R. R. Martin's A Game of Thrones. They're going to start this as a uh, as an ongoing series. I'm not sure if it's how many issues it is uh, going to be for to tell the first book, if they're just going to kind of keep it going like the uh, television show, but it um, again, it's based on the book A Game of Thrones by George R. R. Martin. It's it's a very well done and excellent uh, show on HBO that just concluded its first season. Um, it's yes. actually written, yeah, written by George R. R. Martin and Daniel Abraham, with um, art by Tommy Patterson and covers by Alex Ross. And uh, that is at a special introductory price of seventy five percent off at ninety nine cents. So if you're a fan of the TV show or the book or are curious about it, 
for 99 cents, you can check it out. So that's that's what's going on at DCBService.com. Don't forget to use the code WD8 if you're a first-time customer to get an additional 8% off of the already really, really low prices. Um, you can get your shipping weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, however you, however you choose. So we thank them for their sponsorship. Yes, as always. So, Brad, you picked up a Walking Dead-related item recently. I did. I was on a business trip to Istanbul, Turkey. Not Constantinople. Istanbul. Ah. And when I went over there, the, one of the first questions I asked the man that I was dealing with was, do you have comic books in Turkey? And he said, oh, yeah, there's a, a store um, kind of close to where we'll be working all week. And I said, cool, if I have time, I'd like to try to get out there. Well, I didn't have time to get out there, but when I was in the airport in Turkey getting ready to fly back to the States, I found a bookstore that obviously was full of Turkish language books, and I found a handful of Turkish language graphic novels, one of which was Volume 1 of The Walking Dead, and uh, I can't even pronounce <laughs> the words that you know spelled out Walking Dead in Turkish, but um, it was pretty cool. You know, It was neat to pick that. It was the first six. It was just like our Volume 1 trade. It was the first six issues. And, um, you know, it's fun to go page by page and look at the English and compare it to the Turkish. And uh, so anyway, it was cool. You know, they um, I actually saw several comic related T-shirts when I was there. I saw a guy actually was wearing he was wearing a regular Superman T-shirt, but he kind of looked like Clark Kent in the 90s with the glasses and the long hair and the ponytail. I thought that was kind of funny. It was like 90s. Mullet? Yeah, he did. It was like nice. 90s. 90s Clark Kent had uh come forward and in the future and uh, was visiting Istanbul. But um, I saw some Punisher shirts and uh, and a, a Spider-Man shirt. But um, anyway, I just thought that was cool. I picked it up. I picked up a Planet Hulk trade. I also picked up a Diary of a Wimpy Kid, one of the one of those books for my 12-year-old. And uh, it was all in Turkish. So it was pretty cool. Very cool. Uh, Jordan, a little bit of news, and then we'll get right to the commentary. Yeah, that's right. Normally, we'd hold the news till the next episode, the news episode, but this one is going to happen really soon. So as we record this, it's Wednesday. The episode will probably go up in the next two days or so. On Sunday, Sunday, the what will it be? The 17th is the Breaking Bad season four series premiere or season premiere. Now, as we've already had an entire episode of our podcast dedicated to the show, you know that several of us really love Breaking Bad. But even if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, you should tune in because they're going to have a special sneak preview on AMC of Walking Dead Season 2 during the season premiere of Breaking Bad. So um, definitely check out Breaking Bad just because the show is awesome. But if you need further incentive, they're going to be giving a sneak peek of our favorite show, Walking Dead. So check that out. That's just hey, two did, great things. Did you guys see that um, that trailer that supposedly was official? It was all like slow motion CG and Rick was firing a gun at a zombie. It turns out it was just fan made. Did you guys ever see that? Yeah, yeah it was pretty nifty. Yeah, I yeah. It was it was very cool, and uh, you know it looked real. And uh, Robert Kirkman on Twitter was stressing the fact that hey, while that is an extremely cool trailer, it's not official. But uh, so it's nice to know that we'll get something official very soon. Yeah, this is going to pick up speed uh, in a hurry. We're doing already well for us, especially. We're we're doing episode four. There's only two more commentaries, and that'll get us to like September, and then it's going to be knocking on our door. So time flies, as they say. Yeah, it's, it's funny that the news is really heating up, so I imagine as we get closer, we'll definitely have a lot of stuff to talk about. Let's okay. do this. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into Vatos. So, Russ, I'm going to leave the technical aspect of the playing of the commentary to you. Okay. So, what we'll do is everybody put in, go ahead and put in your DVD or get, get things, however you're, you're viewing this episode of Vatos, uh, queued up on your computer or on your TV or what have you. And you're gonna you're gonna advance your copy if you're if you're working from the DVD or the Blu-ray it's gonna be right at the when you hit play on the actual episode it's gonna be right at the two second mark and it's gonna be right as you're gonna see the the water coming on so when you get to that point just hit pause again it's gonna be two two seconds on your um, on your DVD or, or Blu-ray copy so once you get there we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and pause your your recording and. Um, when we come back, we'll do a countdown, and um, and then we'll tell you to play, and that's when you would unpause. 
So um, everybody go ahead and pause your recording now. All right, everybody. Tres, dos, uno, unpause. Vote. That is some beautiful water. That was very good, Russ, by the way. That nice looks opening like, shot. Looks like Six Flags water, like that fake green. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly a kind of shot you wouldn't see coming in, you know, Walking Dead. You got a nice, nice sunny day on the blue water. Yeah, that's always a precursor. Something really, really, really bad is going to happen. Of course. <laughs> the better things are, the, the worse they're going to become, it seems. What's the name of that boat? Anybody catch the name of that boat? Winona. They're riding on it. Did you see that boat? It said we dot no dot nah. That's kind of weird the way they had that name spelled out like that. I wonder if that's a brand or something. I don't know. Like for I mean, real brand. I don't know enough about boats. I like the contrast here in this conversation, though, we, we get where, um, you know, Andrea was brought up a lot different than her sister was. And a lot of it has to do with the age differential, which... I guess in the book we got some of that, but I think it's exaggerated a little bit in the show. And I think it, it actually makes for um, a, a lot more tension and um, a lot more makes it a lot more dramatic, I think, on the on the TV show than, it, than we saw in the book. Well, the book, Sandra, is only about two years older than Amy, right? As opposed to the about 10 here. Um, yeah. Maybe a little more than two. Because it's definitely closer. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely it's closer. Get your fill of Amy while you can, fellas. <laughs> it's it's too bad um, that the the lady that plays Andrea uh, canceled out of the Dallas Con. We didn't get a chance to meet her. Is that yeah, Lori really Holden? Looking forward to that. Yeah, that's her name, Lori Holden. Yes. Lori Holden, thank you. Yes. This girl that plays Amy, she's in a new, either a new movie or TV show coming up coming up real soon, and I'm drawing a blank on where I saw that. Uh, her name's Emma Bell, right? Yes. Yes. I'll Google it. She was in um, this film, Frozen, from a director, Adam Green. That was really with solid. Iceman. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With Iceman, exactly. That was a really solid horror movie. Like a thriller. Not really how much horror movie. I like this shot. Uh, yeah. She has a really nice uh, IMDb, IMDb picture. Destination 5, apparently. Real interesting on the camera work. This is where I think on the direction side we start to get to where I noticed it less that Darabont didn't direct the episode. Oh, Jim. Poor Jim. We get this B plot of the shoveling, the intense shoveling and digging. Yes. I guess we should point out that this is the episode that was written by Robert Kirkman. Yes. I had it's forgotten funny. that. It's funny that the one that follows the book, well, maybe, I guess the start of where the book deviates, or the, the show deviates from the book, was an episode that was written by Kirkman. I thought that was interesting. I like the abbreviated uh, opening credits that we don't get just like, you know, the the three-minute credit sequence. I think that's kind of a trope that's uh, gone by the wayside, thankfully, in, in TV shows. I've been uh, watching uh, Twin Peaks recently because I'd never actually seen it, and it's on Netflix. Oh, that geez. show has a 90-second opening credit sequence. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, granted, it's a weird show, but that's a different kind of weird. Here we go, the dream team. <laughs> We're so friendly with each other. Rick's got a big gun. 
Yeah, well, Daryl has a bigger crossbow. Yeah. I like this again. This is good for Daryl's character. It shows he he's not a he's a smart guy. I mean, he may be a little rough around the edges, but he, he certainly understands the position, and he, he realizes he's gonna like realize right now where he's gonna what he needs to do. He needs to track down his brother. He's got to put together some clues here. If memory serves, it wasn't this sunny at the end of last episode. Clouds. Yeah, it was more overcast. <laughs> and we never see Merle again, which is kind of interesting to rewatch and, and think of that. You know, like he's such a strong presence, you kind of get the feeling mm-hmm. that he was around for the whole season, but. Well, I mean, towards the end of the season, we were, well, I don't know that we were convinced, but there was definitely talk of. So at what point is Merle going to roll up in the in the box truck all of a sudden with a bunch of zombies? Yep. That'll be an interesting place to go in season two when you just, you know, you literally don't know when he's going to show up again. Yeah. It, poor, poor Glenn's got to carry the severed hand. Of, yeah, he did not look happy about that, did he? So, <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Really? I keep looking in the windows of the skyscrapers behind these people to see if there's any like spectators watching the filming going on. Yeah, the effects crew's probably like, dang it, we gotta digitally scrub these guys out of here. Yeah. I was watching 30 Rock the other day and there was a scene on the streets of New York with Alec Baldwin and Tina Fey and there were people in the background snapping pictures of them and you could tell that the crew was having a hard time keeping that to a minimum. Yeah. I'm so glad they got that hat because that that makes Dale's character Dale, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can buy one with the Walking Dead logo at all the cons. Can you really? Yeah. We didn't see anything like that at ours, did we? No, I didn't. See, I didn't. They were a big seller at New York last year. I can't really see wearing one of those hats with a logo on it. That just seems not right. Yeah, I mean, I didn't buy one. I just, <laughs> I just noticed. Yeah. That's one of my favorite like zombies right there. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of that scene in The Grudge. I wonder who those people were in that painting. All it looked Supra- like a board. It was, um, it was Goodfellas. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I suppose uh, I should watch that movie then. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll just pretend that didn't happen. Yeah, I, I didn't hear that. Didn't hear that. I wouldn't have seen the scene of Merle's just smacking zombies in the head of a wrench. Yeah, I was going to wonder, was one of those people alive using the wrench as a weapon? And if so, couldn't they find anything better than an adjustable wrench? Now I know some of the people here. They they want to know like where they how they got to the, all these fishes, all these all these all these fish. But I'm wondering where is Shane and why are his pants not on screen yet? <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot of fish. Anybody want to uh, use their knowledge of nature to name what type of fish that is? Um, Besides no. the yummy kind. There's Shane. Still digging. How cool is it to be Norman Reedus? He plays a movie, well, two movies now, where he gets to wield guns and shoot people, and then they give him a crossbow in this one. How awesome is that? Actually, three, right? Boondock had a sequel, even though we right. would rather yeah. not. Uh... Yeah. And to answer John's question from, I guess, was last episode, there is how Merle cauterized his arm. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Glenn's reactions. Yeah, he gonna throw up. <laughs> yep. You figure after the guts episode, he'd be all right. Yeah, no kidding. So I guess the zombies got tired and and left the stairwell, and then that's how he got down. Well, I was, was assuming those zombies we passed are ones he's killed that were in the stairwell at some point. Yeah. Or did he go down a different way? It's all part of building the legend of Merle. Wait a second. They had to... Because they had know, the, the bolt cutter, so they cut through that. That's right. He didn't go down the stairwell. No. He, he picked up a zombie and then jumped off the roof and landed on the zombie to break his fall. Nice. <laughs> that always works, right? As long as you land on a taxi, you're fine. Yeah. Just like in Dark Knight. That's right. He has the weirdest sideburns. Who, Rick? No, Daryl. Oh. They're just like three inches longer than the rest of his hair. Like he couldn't actually grow a beard, so he decided just to leave the sideburns grown as long as possible. That's why I grew my sideburns long. <laughs> Are you doubting Norman Reedus's ability to grow a beard? <laughs> I've just never seen him with one. I've seen him with lots of goatees and mustaches and that kind of thing, but never with a beard. I love it that the whole, basically the whole town comes up and they can what the hell are you doing? There, there are people in this scene that I don't think are in any other scene in the entire show. <laughs> they were just pulling extras for everywhere. Yeah, I don't remember that lady on the back left over Shane's shoulder. Jim, we think you have a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's a there's a red shirt. Yeah, it's, a, it's the lost log cat. Yeah, I was just about to say. Yeah. And that dude in the, in the back in the blue shirt and the ball cap, never seen him. Every <laughs> every time they cut back to the shot, there's an extra person. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of this is they're like, you're scaring the kids. Well, you shouldn't have brought the kids up here to confront them then. They were just fine. If anything, the kids should be scared of Shane's pants. Now, what do we make of this, uh, the whole shovel and gym subplot? Do we we like how this kind of plays out? He's going a little, what, kind of cabin fever, stir crazy, wearing a... Well, we find out later. In we the find out, yeah, with his, this. he's got, yeah. But it, you know, seeing this the first time makes you wonder, what is wrong with this guy? It almost kind of added an air of supernaturalness to the show, because you're wondering, like, is it premonition? Is he, you know, have some sort of sixth sense kind of thing going on or whatever, which, again, is not something they really brought into the, to the book for the most part. So I, I was, it was intriguing to me when I saw this. Nope. Uh, raise the pants and take down Jim. I've actually finally started watching The Pacific, the HBO miniseries that I've had the Blu-ray sitting on my shelf since Christmas. Yeah. And um, Joe Bernthal is in uh, is in The Pacific. Mm-hmm. He's in uh, Date Night, too, because I was over at my parents' house the other day, and they got that off of Netflix. And I was like, oh, what do you know? Only for about 10 seconds, though. <laughs> So you're not going to report on his pants? <laughs> uh, he was sitting down. You couldn't see him. I did notice his hair was really long. That was practically an afro. That's why he's only in it for 10 seconds. Not, a, not enough time. Uh-huh. Didn't leave his mark. And he was a Marine in the Pacific, so he's kind of set in his uniform. <laughs> his contract doesn't say if he's on screen for more than 30 seconds, you have to show his belt line. Yeah. Okay, now I like this. I like the whole Glenn planning out a strategy here it's good it's good it's nice how they they spread out kind of the uh, the abilities of the different characters so it's not just like the Rick show all the time or anything get a little bit of war room action here <laughs> and it just makes sense because he's the guy that navigates cities and, and collects 
supplies and man was a pizza guy. Right. Yeah. He's got an idea. I'm just waiting for zombie uh, zombie Nixon and zombie Kissinger to step out. <laughs> so far, T-Dog hasn't done anything, I think, this episode. He's sweating quite a bit. Yeah, he's, he nods he's in the affirmative a lot. Yeah. yeah. He's, a good, he's a good backbone, I guess. Now, is this the same ladder they go up in episode two? Looks like it. I mean, I'd assume it's the same set, but is it supposed to be the same? I would think so. So if Rick and T-Dog are going to be spread out, you know, two blocks away from the bag of guns, who's protecting them? He said Korean. (laughs) <laughs> I like that I like that little exchange that's pretty good that's a, for those of you that don't don't listen that's a half hour wasted callback thank you very much we love you June Bob that zombie right there was heavily featured in a lot of the promo shots yeah I was just about to say she's probably second to Buster yeah hey there's our boy yep. hey we met him yeah we did Anthony Guajardo? Yeah. He called into the show once, too. Yeah, he did. He he was a a really nice guy. The other guy we met, too. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. but Indiana Jones moment. Grabs a hat. Yeah. He's really soft-spoken, too. That's what's funny. You see him just kind of yelling, you know, in the show and stuff. He's really, really, he was really, really soft-spoken. Here we go, Novatos. With the baseball bat that they're really swinging at him hard, even though Daryl kind of walks it off afterwards. Russ, isn't that the other guy right there? Not the bald guy, but... Yeah, with the bandana, yeah. Yeah, that's him, that's him. That's the other man we met. Interesting fact about the uh, the bald Vatos, uh, Noel G, the actor. This is not the first time that he's been hitting the, uh, hitting the behind Bruce Almighty, and uh, I believe Jim Carrey invokes that uh, came out of his uh, behind as well in that film. <laughs> I think that's really sad that you know that. <laughs> I just thought of that when I was watching it the other day. I was like, I've seen him have something happen to the back of him before. See, of course, when he said that, to my mind, it came uh, Hancock with Will Smith, because something that, very similar <laughs> happens in that movie as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Also to a bald man, I think. And the other I'm not gentleman, the same. I made sure to look this up. <laughs> yeah, is James Gonzaba. That was that's right. That's right. Yes. I've decided to be Rick for Halloween. If I can find a hat that looks like that, I'm gonna dress as Rick for Halloween. Uh, I want to spoil something, but I shouldn't, so I won't. So I'll ask you off. I'll ask you off air, Brad. How you're gonna pull off a certain aspect of that yes. costume? Oh, it's early, Rick. <laughs> I will say no more. So like pre-Sergeant Peppers, Rick? Yes. I like how they're having the kids like play just like right next to the man who's handcuffed to a tree. <laughs> I really have grown to like Shane as a character after rewatching these episodes. And I'm glad that uh, that he's still around. Yeah, as I was saying on the last uh, commentary, Shane is my favorite character on the show currently in terms of just what the actor's bringing to him, how he's being written, and how he's developed. It's very intriguing the way he has many different layers to him since he's both kind of the de facto leader right now and he has this relationship with Lori and the relationship with Rick, so it's it's neat to see these different kind of various of his personality come out in each episode. Yeah, and Carl, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, the relationship with Carl, he has also important. You know, <laughs> I've already forgotten who pointed it out just a second ago, but the fact that they're holding school right there next to Jim, that is yeah, really, yeah. really really odd. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're doing their math. He's saying, we're all going to die. 
Yeah. It's You're freaking out the kids. Let's keep you as close to the kids as humanly possible for the rest of the episode. You know, they couldn't have, obviously, this dialogue if it wasn't the case, but it just seemed kind of strange. You know, but this is a cool, you know, conversation that's going on because Jim does appear to be extremely sane at the moment and he's encouraging Carl and, you know, across as uh, not crazy. I don't think we point this out enough, but Sophia looks dead on with the comic. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. There's not much required of her for the show so far, but I mean, good good likeness. <laughs> I think the casting is pretty solid all around. I mean, not all of them are, are dead ringers, maybe, but none of them made me say, no, you know, that doesn't work. Yeah, and Jim Jim looks like they peeled him right off of the comic page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think one of us picked him out of the crowd in, like, episode two before he even had any lines. Yeah, I think you're right. He's in, uh, he's in L.A. Noir as well. He was really good in that. Rick's probably the furthest off, in my mind, in terms of what he looks Carol. like in the book. You mean in terms of the look or characterization? Oh, uh, the look. Yeah, I would say I would agree with that. And um, I, I love. Also. I'm sorry. Carol. I love. I love this scene. I would love to know. <laughs> I would love to know what was ad libbed by Redis. You know, as I he, can't. I can't wait till we see Daryl in the comics, like. Uh, uh, Robert Kirkman has said he wants to do. Yeah, I wonder it. how they're going to introduce him. That should be pretty fun. He better have a neck full of squirrels when he walks out of the woods. <laughs> that is a cool kind of thing that he gets his own actual comic character based off having this character in the TV series. Russ, how old did Anthony say he he was? Like 18 or 19? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Let's... Both he and the other guy were extremely humble and, and thankful to be a part of this show. Yeah, his bio doesn't show his age, but yeah, I think that's that's, that's about right. He's definitely the, a younger younger guy. The guy who plays Guillermo, uh, he also was at the the con, but we missed him. Uh, I actually saw him the day that we were gonna go talk to them. I guess it was Saturday. I saw Guillermo uh, go outside for a smoke break, but you know, like we've mentioned before, we were too busy getting our picture made with Spock. Yeah. This did not go where I thought it was going to go. No, not yet. That's later on, I think. If you're... You yeah, mean in, the general. in general? The episode in general. Yeah, I guess this part went exactly as I thought it was <laughs> I'd love to know what what this building is in real life. It's kind of a cool little compound. It also looks pretty kind of dilapidated from the outside for Yeah, yeah, life. it's kinda of like the Atlanta Alamo or something. It's like it already was kind of messed up before zombies took over because I don't think zombies are attacking bricks. Because it's a terrible nursing home. Fresh out of white boys. <laughs> I think I have that same shirt. <laughs> You don't wear it as well as he does, though, I bet. No, I, I can guarantee you not. 
Because you're not a nurse. I'm not a nurse, and it looks like I'm smuggling a watermelon. <laughs> I can say that at this point in the episode when I was first watching it, I was kind of annoyed in a way of like the show kind of going to this kind of area, thinking that it would go to the traditional way that this would kind of play out, which would be more of a cliche, but I, I was happy for... You know, the way it has that twist that happens later on with who these Vatos really are. So. Is that a refrigerator? <laughs> yeah, yeah I did not it. notice that before. Can hear the prop guy. Hey, I got this old refrigerator. And put Jack it in the like, scene. Yeah, just put it, put it in the courtyard there. Slightly angle it. You could tell by something T Dog said when they showed that close up of him with his eye in the scope. You know, he's like, "Make the trade, please, make the trade." You could, you know, it just speaks to his character as you know he's basically a good guy. He didn't want to have to kill somebody if he didn't want to, unless it's Merle. Here we go again. <laughs> We forgot to ask him if, if Redis actually did smack him in the head during that scene. Some Somehow I have a feeling he probably actually did. I was just wondering that too, Russ. Just the way he goes after him, it gives you the kind of impression that he's beat on a few guys in his time. You know? <laughs> Do we know how many episodes are going to be in the new season yet? 13. Good. Yeah, I think it's from here out. It'll be the traditional AMC cable TV 13 episode season. Yeah, considering it's awesome ratings that it did last season. Yeah. Yeah. Pumped out full seasons of Walking Dead. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Not not to get off, off topic, but... Um, even the HBO stuff is typically like 13 episode seasons, but Game of Thrones, I guess because it's so expensive, is only 10 episodes. Doesn't True Blood do 10 as well? No, I think True Blood's mm-hmm. 13 as well. I thought The Shield was 10 episodes. The Shield was kind of a mix. They sometimes they did more than others. Like I know, like the last season was like like eight episodes and half. It was like it was like two sets of eight episodes for the last season. And The Sopranos was all over the place in terms of episode count too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, because they had some weird stuff. That sixth season was cut in half. It was all weird. Yeah, of all the cable networks, HBO seems to have the most flexibility in terms of how to do it. All right, what we have coming up here is the textbook definition of the, help me with the pronunciation, the deus ex machina, right? Is that what's, is that how yeah. you say it? Uh, deus ex, more Machi- or less. Deus yeah, ex- close enough. Machina. Grandma, grandma's the deus ex machina. <laughs> the grandma from the machine. Yeah. The grandma, grandma from the refrigerator. Grandma ex machina. <laughs> there's no reason, with all these guns right now, there's no reason somebody wouldn't get a tr- itchy finger Oh, and just so happened. Oh, Felipe, Felipe. Abuela. Abuela, uh, Machina. <laughs> so, ends, <clears throat> so ends this Atlanta Mexican American standoff. <laughs> You think she's an actor, an actress, I should say, or do you think they just? <laughs> we I need a really I've old Mexican lady. Before. I think she was on Telemundo for a while. I've seen the girls on Telemundo. I've seen the girls on Telemundo, and that was a real long time ago. Well, it was a very long time ago. A real long time. Well, she has an IMDb page. This is Gina Morelli as Abuela. 
Yeah, it's expansive, apparently. He's like, dang it! <laughs> We're so close! <laughs> Look, looking at her IMDb page, Abuela, old woman, very old woman, uh, Virginia's mother, Hispanic woman, grandmother, Carla's mom. She seems very typecast. I heard she was going to be in Crank 3D. <laughs> she is the third dimension. That's an unfortunate thing. Trying to think tattoo. of a plot for Crank 3D now. <laughs> it's not going to have a plot. Blade? It's Crank. Was that a razor blade tattoo on his head, or was that a was that a? a it was a kiss. It was, it was yeah, lip, uh, like a kiss. Yeah, yeah, his lips. I think razor blade might have been a slightly better choice in the you know range of bad choices for tattoos. Wonder if this is the. I was going to say, wonder if this is the same hospital that they filmed the pilot in, but it looks a bit different than a, a hospital. Mm-hmm. More, it looks like a community center. Yeah, we're like a high school. Yeah, yeah that's high true. School auditorium. Oh well, yeah, like from the outside, I mean, it did. It certainly doesn't look like a hospital. It, yeah, it looks like some kind of other, like a community center, some kind of makeshift building because it's it's clearly not like a nursing home traditionally or a hospital. I think oftentimes they film things. The exteriors and the interiors don't don't match. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Best Cerberus ever, by the way. <laughs> that guy standing in the background just still holding the pipe like he's going to hit somebody. Oh, now he's put it down, but before he was holding it. That's his look. <laughs> he's, an, he's an accessorizing Batos. He wanted to get that on his action figure if they made him one. I'd pick up a couple of Vatos action figures. <laughs> right. Well, you never know. Could be a uh, series two of the television line. Maybe they come with one of the dogs as an accessory. I really wish there would have been um, audio, co- like actual audio commentaries by the uh, the crew and Kirkman for some of these episodes. This one, particularly since Kirkman wrote it, I would have liked to hear what he had to say about writing this episode and how it, you know, verges, away, veers away from the uh, the comic so much and has this completely different uh, subplot going on. Hopefully we'll get that for season two. Yeah. Yeah, I was really bummed out about the lack of commentaries on this Blu-ray. It's pretty bare. I sure hope we get to see these Vatos again. Um, I think, I'll I'll say it because it's on a, a public web page, but I think um, we do get to see this guy here, Guillermo, the character Guillermo. I think he's in uh, either the first or second episode of the next season. I think hmm. uh, his IMDb page, I think, says that. Interesting. So maybe, granted, I mean, IMDb is slightly less reliable than Wikipedia, but uh, hopefully that's true. I'd like to see it back. You know, I bet, you know, thinking about how the last episode ended of the first season, you know, this one is supposed to pick up immediately after that one ended. What if, you know, Rick says, hey, I know where we can go to kind of rest up and they drive right back here. Plus, they need to add to the ranks a little bit. They only have what, like maybe seven or eight people left. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm calling it right now. I bet they go right back to this place in the first episode. The wager is set. I bet they go to a farm. No, not first. Eventually they will, but not not right away. And then they're gonna go to a. Nope. I'm not gonna say <laughs> it. I bet the guy that runs the farm is named Herschel. I bet he's a farmer. Yeah, Jeez. I bet he's got children there too. So the truck's gone. Bad news bears. So we think. Wait, you think the think, bad news bears stole the truck? We think Merle took it, right? 
Yeah. I, I mean, who, el- who else would take who it? Who else would take it? Kelly yeah. Leak. So joyriding zombies, maybe. Buster took it out for a stroll. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which would actually be awesome, but... <laughs> or Merle and Buster. If anybody listening to this commentary knows the actor Joe Giles, who played Buster, please let us know, because we need to get him on the show and talk to him. He won't be my Facebook friend. <laughs> well, you've already tried? Try him on yeah. Google+. Plus. <laughs> yeah. You mean he's, he's one of the 11 people on it? Yeah, if you really uh, don't want to get a hold of anybody, uh, then get on actually. Google+. Plus. They've got over 2 million. Including Brad, John, and myself. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever be back to there. I wasn't too impressed with it. Yeah, people are going to listen to this commentary years from now and go, God, there really was a time when there was only a million people on Google+. Plus." <laughs> no, they'll, more likely they'll be saying, what's Google+. Plus?" <laughs> Just as long as they're listening to this years from now, that's all we ask. <laughs> This episode does really, it keeps pretty, pretty happy for the most of the day. A lot of pleasant resolutions up until the, the incredibly dark ending. You think that they CG his eye there? I think they uh, CG that red in his eye or is he wearing a contact lens? I would, get, I would guess probably a contact because it's probably cheaper. Plus they have yeah. that great makeup department and, you know, they already are doing tons of prosthetics and contacts for people. I'm sure it would be. Easier just to do it that way for him. It the, oh, that just looks gnarly though. Yeah, it does. This is totally an overanalyzation, but as I look at him, you know, the first thing that comes to your mind is, geez, he's like as bad as one of the zombies. Yeah, which is kind of like the comic book play on who the monsters are. You know, yeah. like right, how right. bad humans can be to each other and how bad the zombies, what's worse type of thing. And Kirkman did write it, but again, it's probably a overanalyzation. If more people focused on the fact that Shane just delivered a beating to a man literally like 10 minutes before this episode started, it might be. I don't need to justify my watch spinning. I'm I'm Dale. I'm amazing. So prior to this, there was one zombie in this episode that I can remember. I mean, one a lot, well, a quote unquote, a live zombie, one zombie that was ambulatory. And I think there was only a couple zombies in the last episode. So we were on kind of a zombie drought right before this next scene. But the comic readers knew what was coming. Oh, yeah. Yep. The moment we saw Jim, I was like, oh, hey, Jim, nice to see you. Uh, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. This whole scene here where everybody's just chilled out and relaxed, you know, it sets you off guard. And as soon as Amy gets up to use the bathroom, you're like, oh, my gosh, I know what's up. See, I actually didn't quite think it was going to happen right then. But now looking back, I should have. Oh, I did. Yeah. Someone goes off alone by themselves, makes a point out of it. Yeah. I I think it was because of the distraction with um, what's his face, the guy who's all beat up. Ed. Yeah, Ed. I think it was because I was more focusing on, oh, Ed's about to get it. So when she got it first or, or simultaneously, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about Amy. Well, there is also – there's the possibility that Merle could have come up since you realize that he probably took the truck and that he probably could be heading back to camp. So that kind of – So we had that wild card. Well. Yeah. Kind of want to eat some big old fish fry now. Now that – don't this, ever go to the bathroom if you're in a zombie movie or show. <laughs> just hold it. And don't tell people you're going to pee. That's just TMI. <laughs> don't unzip the tent. Good. Riddance. Zip it back up. Quick, zip it back up. Oh, did that? Did Dale's RV have his last name and his wife's name on it? In the comic, I'm not sure. Oh, no, no, right on the side there, behind the door, there's Greg Nicotero oh, okay. taking the bite out of Amy. But it says Dale and somebody something. Oh, maybe good old so. chunk. Nice little uh, Easter egg. 
That's a pretty cool looking patchwork zombie. And here we go. If nothing else, Shane may be a creep, but he can handle a shotgun. I sure would like to take out some zombies with a shotgun. I think that would be awesome. Would you rather use a shotgun or a crossbow? Shotgun. Shotgun. I'd rather use There's a crossbow. There's a pagoda. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Good shot. I'm amazed at how different they made the two Greg Nicotero zombies look. Yeah. I mean they look nothing alike. Wasn't that one the first one like wearing him. wasn't the first one wearing glasses? Um I don't <laughs> think so. The first one's the one where it's eating the deer. Yeah, I thought he was wearing glasses. Oh, you know what's the in the comic that zombie's wearing glasses. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, this one looks much closer to just normal. Now if you miss the symbolism, you'll notice that Amy is wearing a blue and white shirt with stars on it, which is now covered in red. Making the first of our many uh, red, white, and blue f- flags either turned upside down or bloodied uh, that we'll see a lot of next episode, but I guess this will be the first one right here. Hey, John, you know how you were overanalyzing things, or you thought you were? Yeah. I think Jordan's doing it now. No, no, no. Now, granted, a lot of that is, I think we mentioned signs earlier, or somebody did, but a lot of that is coming from signs in there in the commentary they talk about how they chose all kinds of red white and blue things all over the place but next episode there are so many american flags you can't not miss it what commentary are you talking about the commentary for signs they they like it was ridiculous how much subtext they tried to pick to put in just like the placement of windows in the house what are you talking about we're we're watching walking dead we're not walking watching signs no i I know but i'm saying they they did a lot of similar design choices for for red white and blue stuff there are a lot of headshots going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, in this, the similar scene in the comic, uh, was it snowing? Yes. I think it was yes. snowing, yes. yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. in the comic, I think like three months went by. Yeah. That was pretty intense watching that the first time. Like Jordan said, after having, you know, a, basically two episodes of nothing. And he kind of knew it was coming, and it still was just very tense. Yeah. Well, that's really about Lori Holden, too, here. Yeah. Yeah, this scene and the, the beginning of next episode, particularly. I Personally, I thought that this went on a little too long. Um, and, I, and I get the point of it because they had the extended open with the two of them. But I thought it just went on a little bit t- too too long. I, I'd agree, but I'd kind of reverse it. I'd say the opening went on way too long. I didn't love the opening scene. I, I agree with that. But uh, see, I like the opening so better than yeah. See, that, that's funny because I, I have the opposite reaction. The but beginning. What reason do you think it was going too long? Because for me, I thought the opening scene, the acting was a little bit all over the place. Well, I guess the opening for me was okay because we got a little bit of, of backstory and, and interaction. And to me, this was just a little too much. She's bitten, she's down, and it's just a little too much of her, like looking at her crying and you know just flipping back and forth. It just there wasn't much substance to it. I mean, and I get they're trying to play on the emotional thing and and really push that, but to me, I think it just it just it just went on too long. We didn't learn really anything here. And I think if this would have been a full 13-episode season, I I probably wouldn't have bothered me as much. But for them to dedicate that much time to that that long of a scene that way, given such a short season, that that I I guess I I noticed it more than I would have normally, maybe. I, I can see what you're saying. I still don't quite agree, but I can, I can I can see where you're coming from on that. And yeah, I, I would agree if, if it was a full 13-episode season, they would have more impact. That yeah. last line from Jim, I remember my dream now, why I dug the holes. Yeah. That was pretty creepy. That was just a good episode to let I, everyone I, know how bananas it can get at any moment. Yeah. And I like where it ended. I like that it just... You know, we didn't get full resolution. There's a lot going on. People are still freaked out. 
you're not sure if there's more zombies coming or whatever, and and then we you know we cut to the end. So I thought that was I thought that was kind of cool. Sure leaves you in a in a state of anxiety. Imagine going to bed now, watching that the first time. I don't have I to it, imagine it. I remember it. <laughs> I think I think it fits pretty well for like what a again what like an average episode of The Walking Dead should be kind of like a lot of a lot of character stuff and then, you know a little bit of zombie action as well. I know we've said it before, but in the comics, you know there will be stretches of issues where you might see a zombie off in the distance or whatever or you know, in, in a long shot, and then you've got three, four, five issues of the comic where it's just interpersonal drama and, and interaction. And then when you least expect it, all hell breaks loose, and it's just nonstop zombies for a whole issue or maybe two or three issues. It's crazy. Yeah, and it, this is definitely a discussion for another show, but that's really how the trade reading kind of changes things. You know what I mean? Like if you're reading the issues monthly, you can go three months without a major zombie occurrence. But if you're reading the trades, you know, you're going to get one or two every book. I recently read trades 11, 12, 13 and 14. Um, all back to back to back to back, and uh, it was quite a ride. Yeah, 12 through 14 particularly are, in my opinion, some of the best stuff The Walking Dead's ever put out. Yeah, I thought 12 and 13 were a little sluggish, and then 14 was just like, holy cow. Well, 12 yeah. was The Hunters, right? Or was that 11? I think that was more in 11. Okay, well, yeah. then 11 through 14, then. I mean, that 11 was, ugh. The Hunters was a creepy arc. 12 yeah. and 13 was um, The Neighborhood, let's call it that. Uh, 14 was The Neighborhood, but 14 is when the action kicked in. Okay, yeah, I, I read the hardcovers, so I think that's where the book six kind of stops in that area. <laughs> yeah, that would be 11 and 12 in uh, yeah. book six. Okay. Which means seven, is seven out yet, or is seven just about to drop? Uh, it should probably come out, what, towards the end of the... Towards How? the end of the pro- Probably come out around the same time as the second season starts. I don't imagine actually. Oh, yeah, how many? Yeah, good point. How many months after the second trade in the hardcover is published does the actual hardcover come out? I don't know. Because fourteen just came out last month, right? And I'm sure they'll wait a few more months before they. Yeah, they'll want to get some double dips out of that. I'll be double dipping. I've got six hardcovers and. I always I've, buy the trades before they, you know, when they come out. And then as soon as they put two out, I wait another few months and pick up the next hardcover. I've been holding it? strong on the trades. Um, I do have the uh, the uh, compendium, but I've been holding strong on just getting the trades and not getting the trade in the hardcover. Now, how many trades are in the compendium? I should know this. It's 48 it's issues, eight. right? Eight. Eight. So we're getting close to compendium volume two. Yeah. Yep. These are monsters. So that's Vatos. Everyone. Yes. Aaron, thanks again for helping us out. Hey, yeah. So uh, a lot of fun. And uh, looking forward to uh, being around more. Yes. What's the next episode called? The next uh, for for commentary? Yeah. Episode be... five is... Loading slowly. Wildfire. Yes. Don't sing it, Brad. I've already done that joke. Yes, you have. <laughs> so weird to think that we're almost to the end. Just wildfire and then TS-19 and then on to season two. I can't guarantee I won't do it next commentary episode, though. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can't guarantee that that won't be the best part of the bloopers. Jordan, why don't you tell everyone where they can find us, and uh, we'll wrap this up. All right, sounds good. You can send us a voicemail at 516-468-7912 or an email at comments at walkingdeadtv.com. Don't forget, check out Brad's show on Mondays. That's Half Hour Wasted. Or The Legion of Dudes. That's John's show, my show, and Russ's show on Thursdays at hhwlod.com. 
Then, of course, there's Facebook groups for Legion of Dudes, Half Hour Wasted, Walking Dead TV, and Media Minutes. And on Twitter, you can follow us at WDTV Podcast and at HHWLOD underscore network. So until there's no more room in hell on the dead walk the earth, remember, if you lose a hand in the zombie apocalypse, be sure to cauterize. Better safe than sorry. Have a good week, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Istanbul, Constantinople, now it's Istanbul, now Constantinople, been a long time gone. Constantinople, now it's Turkish delight, on a moonlit night. Every gal in Constantinople lives in Istanbul, now Constantinople, so if you've a date in Constantinople, she'll be waiting in Istanbul. Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't say. People just liked it better that way. So take me back to Constantinople. No, you can't go back to Constantinople. Been a long time gone. Constantinople, why did Constantinople get the works? That's nobody's business but the Turks. All right, then I'm when I do the three, two, one. I'm gonna I'm gonna do three, two, one, unpause. So when I do that, then just either hit play or unpause or or whatever. So we're all right, we're ready to go. How come every time you say this, I want to do the lethal weapon joke, but we've already done it, we, but I still want to do it. Every time on LOD, we do the same thing. We always do the lethal weapon joke. Such time. a great joke. I know. It's so much fun. No, let's do it in Spanish this time. Since it's vatos, let's do it in Spanish. Oh, that's a good idea. I could do that. <laughs>